internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with Devin Durant and he is a retired NBA player. He is a successful real estate entrepreneur, which is near and dear to my heart. He is a leader ex leadership expert, as am I, and we're going to have some fun today because what I've seen happening in the industry that we're talking about, whether it's life leadership or business leadership, is that things have changed with the COVID pandemic and success has a new look leadership has a new book and you have a new book out the values delta that delves into some of these different things but what is meaningful success look like today post covid because in my opinion it's changed well first sandra thank you for taking time with me i look forward to our visit today and i i think for for those people who are seeking success really in all aspects of life, and let's talk about business for a minute, it is, is new opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think what COVID provided us with, uh, one of the positive outcomes is we all had to stretch a little bit mm -hmm. and take a look at our business practices and, and maybe uh, seek better ways, more efficient ways, more effective ways, because some of the constraints and limitations that we were up against so now for, for us in, in my company, it's what do we hold on to that we learned from COVID? How did it help us be more effective and more efficient? And what are the things that we embraced from the past? And I think that will be one way to determine success is how we blend the pre-COVID business practices with some of the things we were forced to do during COVID, but they turned out being very positive and, and overall with that combination. I, I hopefully it, it helps us all become more successful. Well, and I think so. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I see post COVID as opposed to pre COVID is, you know, I was a tech girl and I have a strong tech background and I was in residential real estate for 15 years in management and leadership. And I was pushing people on technology all the time, pushing, 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 you know, because it, it speeds up transaction. It gives me a digital track record. You know, it allows people to meet around the world in ways that, you know, we used to have to wait for, you know, Dodi Fayed and, you know, Princess Diana to fly in and look at a property in Malibu versus, you know, what we can do today with, you know, floor plans, digital 360s and all sorts of things. But it also created this like dichotomy in business between those who are techies and those who weren't. And there was kind of this like, you know, mishmash of, of, you know, do not pass go, do not, you know, cross the line, you know, into one area or the other. And then we saw some things wonderful happening in technology, but we also saw things happening with the supply chains that people took for granted that we could, oh, get a new copier. We could get a new machine, you know, whatever we wanted to get the all in one, you know, kind of fax gizmo rich, um copy machine and printer and now they're sitting on you know storage pallets places and we don't have chips 
And so, you know, I'm seeing this kind of mixing up of old school and new school. And I, I did a speaking engagement recently where I jokingly said to a bunch of real estate agents that said, you know, you could actually talk to the person, you know, because, you know, we've got text, we've got email, we've got instant messaging, you know, you, you could actually get in the car and talk to them. Like, how about that? Wouldn't that work? And I think one of the things that I've felt, and I'm interested to hear what you have to say, is that I am so grateful when I go to work because I can see how much we had and how much we took for granted just in a simple business day to get together. And I could say, hey, Dev, how about you and I go to lunch and kick around some ideas on leadership? Oh, wait, we can't. The restaurants are closed. You know, all these things that we took for granted. I see a gratitude and I also see a return to some old school business practice values, the eyeball to eyeball coming to the surface. What do you see? Oh, well said, Sandra. One of one of my priority values is gratitude. And in a strange way, again, through through these times of COVID, uh, hopefully one of the outcomes is just how grateful we are for various things that maybe pre-COVID again, we took for granted, uh, but, but now we recognize, hey, there's a lot of things that have to happen so that we can have paper towels in our homes. Devin, I'm just going to stop here here for a moment because as we talk about gratitude and the importance it plays in our lives, I would like to say how grateful I am and thankful to the company Best Fiends who sponsored our show today. If you guys haven't checked out this free-to-download mobile puzzle game with thousands of exciting levels for new adventures and challenges every time you play, you are missing out. Now, I am in the game right now as we are on the air, and it is the fiend fireworks. You guys, this is so much fun. There are fireworks so everyone can celebrate. These fiends are so cute and I'm playing with Gene right now. He's adorable. He's got a little hat on and you know these things are just so much fun to play. A lot of times I leave my fun till everything's done. The dishes have to be done. The laundry has to be done. The kids have to be put away you know and my dad too. It's just I'm always on the last part of my list if I even make it on the list. Fun for me gets pushed to the bottom or it falls off completely. But I can play Best Fiends and I have been playing Best Fiends for years. I'm over level 375. It's so easy to pick up and play a few levels anytime. And you know what? I play when I'm waiting, when I have to wait for my dad's meds, when I have to wait for my kids to get out of camp or to, to sign into camp. You know, there's all this paperwork today for everything the kids do and all the health checks. So instead of getting annoyed, I just whip out my phone and I play Best Fiends. Now, Best Fiends is a free to download mobile puzzle game, like I said before, and it's got thousands of exciting levels. You're gonna love this. The music is great, the characters are cute. And like I said, check out the Fiend Dependence Fireworks. Like this. Is so much fun you guys I really enjoy it I love it and with offline play you'll never be stranded without fun even if you lose your internet connection which means if you are stuck camping and if you have a charge on your phone and you're sitting there waiting for the kids to get out of the water and your board is tar you can just whip out your game and play you're never stranded without the fun and they're brand new events and challenges that pop up all year round so you've earned your fun time mamas go to the app store or google play and download best fiends 
lessons for free. Plus, earn even more with $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level five. That's five bucks when you reach level five that you can use for in-game rewards. Now, I want you guys to check it out. That's Friends Without the R, Best Fiends, Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. You will be so glad you did. Now, we're talking to NBA player, former NBA player, Devin Durant, about the importance of gratitude in our lives as one of our reigning values. We always recognize and, and are, are grateful for some of these simple things that possibly we took for granted in the past. But I really like what you're, you suggested about <clears throat> Just the value of, of the face-to-face -face communication. Mm -hmm. Yes, COVID created that distance for us where, where instead of getting together, we were having a Zoom meeting, et cetera. And, and so often it's, it, it is easy to just rely on technology for communication. <clears throat> uh, quick story, with, uh, with, with, uh, in my business, we have a group that gathers every, every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And uh, just last week, one of the it's, it's a it's a it's a property management group, and one of the guys said, "Hey, I, I I'd like to suggest that we all get together in person." Mm -hmm. And we because we obviously we've been meeting uh, via Zoom prior to that, and I said, "What what a great idea! Let's do that." So we gathered, and and the first question was was to Scott, "Why did you want to get together?" And he said, I just enjoy the personal interaction. Sometimes I don't see the other guys on the team. And this is one way where I get to, to have that interaction. And, and I hope that's one of the outcomes of post-COVID is a desire to, to gather again so that we can have the personal touch and not simply rely on, on the, the convenience and the ease of using technology. Well, and that's the funny thing. Like I've been able to meet a lot of clients, a lot of people that I've worked with over COVID that I didn't get the chance to meet in person. And they all say the same thing to me. They're like, gee, you're taller than I thought. And I'm like, you know what? You're in 3D because everybody's like a flat Stanley. You know, that kid, that flat Stanley thing, the kids would put in an envelope and they'd mail flat Stanley. Like, where did Stanley go all over the world? And we are all flat Stanleys because we're one dimensional. We're flat on a screen. And when I go to a meeting and I walk in and people are like, I'm five, eight, I'm six foot in heels. Like they're like, whoa, like we had this idea that you're this little boxed head. And it is kind of fun to meet people for the first time going, hey, look, I'm in 3D. There's a back to me because, you know, we only see like from the shoulders up and we only see the front. And I think that also illustrates how deceiving digital meetings can be because you aren't getting the full person you're not getting the energy i can sit there and nod in a meeting devon and hate your freaking guts and you would never know but if you sat across <clears throat> a dinner table to me you're going to pick up that vibe yeah yeah very very well said uh just 100 agreement and yeah, I'll, I'll just share one more thing that uh, I was with my wife recently and <clears throat> we had a question for one of our children. And I said, well, just send them a quick text and, and uh, we'll find out how they feel about it. And I said, no, no, no. Let, we have a phone. Let's call them. Let, let's talk to them so we can ha have that interaction, hear their voice, uh, 
when it's so easy, just the, the convenience of a text message. But anyway, um, those are some of the things that, yes, yes, we're back to your original point of just being grateful mm-hmm. for so many things that, that now, in a way, might feel restricted. Uh, and, and hopefully some of these, and, I, and I'm thinking about the, the supply chain. Uh, again, that some of these things can can be overcome, uh, but, but it seems like you know going back to being successful in business, I think that's part of it. And you just think about your own business, the different obstacles that you've been up against in the past, mm-hmm. and how did you overcome them? And 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 through that process of overcoming a difficult challenge, growth takes place, learning takes place, the value of experience is recognized and so as we move into the future i think that's one of the the points that i try to make in the book is the value of a challenging experience and how can you turn those things into positives and make them nice stepping stones for the future absolutely well and one of the things and to be fair i am criticized as being called pollyanna oh she's miss optimism oh here comes the hope from sandra you know that is part of my entrepreneurial spirit but i will tell you when you were asking those you know kind of theoretical questions um for somebody who's been in business i've been in business 27 years i have a strong proven track record of success at some point if you're going to be creative, you have to mitigate the fear. You cannot be fearful and create. You also can't be in pain or stressed and create things that are going to flourish and grow. But the other thing you have to have, and you call it optimism, I call it hope. If you lose your optimism, you need to get up from wherever you work and go dance around the kitchen, go for a run, go for a jog, go for a swim, play some music, dance around, do something to change your state because nothing good is created out of pessimism. And when my companies have taken a turn, I had a very robust real estate company out here in Los Angeles, boom, crash, that's the end of it. And I was providing services to real estate agents that they no longer could afford okay so shift we've got a shift and i was listening to all the reports on the television of interest rates and you know mortgage fraud and i was getting smaller and smaller and smaller and the same thing happened with my digital work when i was hearing this COVID thing shut down shut down restaurants closing all of this negativity reporting All it was doing was increasing my fear, increasing my pain, reducing my creativity and killing my hope. So the first thing I did was disconnect on my computer any alerts, no alerts on my phone, no alerts on my computer, because even now when we look at going what's going on in the Ukraine, like, oh, they're shutting off the gas. What does that do for your creativity? Nothing. I'm not living in Poland. I'm not using Polish gas. So why am I putting that information into my brain that has nothing good to generate for my business? Now, I'm not saying live in a vacuum. I'm not saying not look at the stock reports and look at what's going on in the markets, all in interest rates. All of those are important. However, what are they important to you right now in what you're doing? And that's this boundary, that's this dividing line. And Devin, you know who taught me that? 
a Lego figurine in the middle of the night when I was up with my kid with an earache and he's like, mom, I want to watch Lego. So he put the Lego thing on the Ninjago series was on rerun and we're watching it. And this little Lego figurine comes out and he bows to the camera and he says, my son, what can you do today to get you to where you want to be? And he's this little Lego figurine and I'm jumped out of bed. I'm like, oh my God, that's it. That's it. That's it. You know, my kid's asleep. It's the middle of the night. What can I do today? I can't solve the Ukrainian war. I can't solve the political war. I can't solve COVID, but here is what I can do. And it causes you to now focus on what you have to control. If you have a banana and some chocolate and a little bit of ice cream, make a banana split but don't try to make a pizza. <laughs> Sandra, I, I can see now why, why you have such a following. Because I, I, like you mentioned right at the beginning, I think we need messages that include optimism, that include hope, uh, that, that, that help us recognize that, yes, we can't control everything, but there are certain things that we can control. And what are we gonna what are we gonna do about that in those instances that that that, that, that those opportunities become available to us? So, to, in a way, we feel like we're kindred spirits here, Sandra, with your real estate background. Yep. And I, I think it's a compliment when people say, "Oh, here comes Sandra. She's so optimistic and hopeful." We we need more of that in the world today. It's an effort, you know, and it's a choice. Because every day, I don't think people recognize, and I, I teach this a lot when I ran my real estate business, and I talk a lot about it in my, my uh, radio business, you have a choice and you can control your thoughts. And I don't think people realize that. I don't think they realize that some of their thoughts are not their own. They're put in there by well-meaning managers, well-meaning parents, maybe not well-meaning friends. And, you know, we are a composite in our brains of everything we've read, everything we've listened to, everybody who's yelled at you. Like when I first started in radio and people would call me Sandra, I'd be like, oh, I'm in trouble. Because the only person in my family who used Sandra was Sandra, get in here, clean your room. Sandra, get in here, make your bed. Sandra, get in here and do the dishes. You know, and my family called me Sand. So, so getting used to using that name and not evoking fear in me, I realized, wow, I didn't associate fear with my full name. Somebody else did. And that led me to start investigating my own thoughts of going, what are mine? What were put into me through my education system, through my religious background, through my family situation, the millions of speakers I've heard, you know, going to conventions. We do not own our own thoughts until we learn to identify and manage what is really ours. Yeah, again, very well said. I, I, I listened to a bit of one of your previous podcasts. I think it was with... Uh, Dr. Tegelo. Oh. And, and the, 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 she talks a lot about the spirit mm -hmm. and, and also recognizing the voices that the voice that we hear from the spirit. And how do we take advantage of that and the knowledge that we're gaining and other voices that we're, we're exposed to? And, and, and then moving forward again with that optimism that 
hey, I'm going to take action with the things that I can control. It may not always work out the way I would hope it to, but, but I'd rather go down that path than the path of doing nothing and, and uh, let, being active upon rather than that, taking action. Well, yeah, I think, you know, there's a difference between pausing in your business and freezing. Pausing means I'm going to slow my roll till I can figure out what I should do next, what direction I should take my business in. That's a pause. Freezing means I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know where to turn or where to make a decision. And sometimes freezing means to unfreeze, you might have to take a break. To unfreeze, you might have to pull the trigger, see where the bullet lands, and then course correct. You know, but but fear at our most basic to me, fear is what makes the stock market go haywire. And it's also the biggest reason why people aren't successful. That and perseverance. Fear and perseverance and, and perseverance. And fear, of course, causes you not to persevere because you're afraid. So if we don't have conversations about fear when it comes to any sort of success, we're never going to get there. Yeah, and it's it, one of the things I try to accomplish with my book, The Values Delta, is, is that you can make a positive difference in small and simple ways. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we, 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 we are slowed down because it, it seems too insurmountable, the, the, the mountains, the hills we have to climb. Right. And, and in my book, I just try, I, I try to introduce the idea that uh, a very small positive difference is still positive. Right. You build on those small steps. And that way we can find satisfaction and feel like we're progressing without being concerned about, oh, I have the fear of failure because it, it's, it's too much to take on at, at one time. And I'm a strong believer that small and simple steps of progress over time can make a big difference. Oh, huge, huge. You know, when you look at, you know, I, I have a lot of military background and I think of like navigation and military science and you know, like you take an aircraft carrier and what does it take five miles or something to turn that big thing around in the ocean? Well, if you have an aircraft carrier and it's shooting for like from Los Angeles to Japan and you make a 1% course correction in that navigation, you might end up in Russia, you know, another direction you might end up in Australia. So when we look at these, you know, minor, minor adjustments, minor corrections, you know, these minor little things don't seem like anything, but they can change your trajectory and you can end up in Australia, Japan or Russia. I mean, big, big outcomes from really tiny little adjustments. Yeah, very well said. I think that's a beautiful example with aviation uh, on just a slight course correction, the impact that that can have. And, and, and that's one of my, my goals with this book is as I go out and share with others to recognize it only seems like a small change today. Right. But that small change processed over time and repeated over time Boy, in the end, you look back and you think, wow, that really that really made a positive delta, a positive difference in, in my life or in my business or in my relationship with, with, with my children. Uh, 
certainly those small steps, uh, as you outlined, can be big over time. Right. Well, and, you know, when I think of entrepreneurship and, you know, I'm a big proponent of just routine and, you know, let's take simple sales and cold calling. So if you decide that you're going to work 200 days a year, you know, you got weekends off, you got uh, holidays off, birthdays, whatever. Let's use an easy number of 200 days a year. If I can get you, Devin, to commit to doing 30 cold calls a day, right? At the end of a calendar year, you have reached 6,000 people. What is the likelihood you will sell one person out of 6,000 something? Huge, right? Just one person is all I'm asking. And those 30 calls might take an hour a day. So if you're willing to invest into your business an hour a day, five days a week to get in front of 6,000 people to make a deal, I would say that's a big deal. Now, let's say you decide to make 35 calls a day instead of, of 30, and you now are looking at 7,000. You've exponentially grown your ability to catch a fish, to sell a house, to you know sell a car, whatever it is. Those, that's a little micro change, going from 30 to 35 or going from 10 to 15 daily. Tiny little micro change, right? Nobody even thinks that much about it. But look at the the opportunity you've just created for yourself. Yeah, beautiful example. And the 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 way I might say that is is what is the value of discipline? Do you have the discipline uh, to make those calls every day? Right. And, and as you do that, what's the what's what's the ripple effect of that? You imagine you make those calls, and and and. The, the, the simple math is that you're going to make more sales. And, and so now you have more resources. And how's that going to impact your spouse or partner? Mm-hmm. Uh, how's that going to impact your, your children? It may mean another opportunity for your children. It might, because of your discipline in the workplace, might mean dance lessons for, for, for your son or daughter. Uh, I, I think these, as we recognize those small steps, if I'm going to be disciplined and, and make those calls every day, it, it, it's, it not only impacts my professional success, but it impacts the different circles that I, that I operate in. And, and it all started with a, a, a decision to say, okay, I'm going to make a call a day or uh, 30 calls a day or 35 calls a day. And, and as you extend that out, and, and not even to mention the personal satisfaction that you get from the success that that you're experiencing as you go to work and, and reach those daily goals and, and monthly goals and what end up being annual goals and to find the success that awaits you. Right. And, and, you know, asking yourself, and this is a, a big thing that even I have to do sometimes because now I make my living, you know, doing these podcasts and it's kind of a weird way to make a living. You know, I call up people, I interview them, you know, the sponsors come on, I do the live read, the, the you know, check comes in my account, and, you know, and it doesn't feel like work. And then when my kids are like, oh, well, mom, my, my younger one had a funny thing. The teacher asked him, well, what does your mom do for a living? And he said, my mom yells at people on the computer and then stuff comes in the FedEx truck. Like, <laughs> that's what he saw. You know, I'm loud. I'm doing my show, you know, so I'm clearly yelling at someone in his opinion. 
And then all the sponsor stuff comes in FedEx through the, you know, truck or the UPS, you know, whatever, whatever thing I'm promoting, you know, comes in the door. And, you know, it was very funny to me because I thought, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it looks like. But when you dial down, what do I do every day? I read through hundreds of submissions for people to come on my show. I make decisions on what kind of shows would be good for what kind of product sponsors I have. You know, there's all these little decisions and all this thinking that has to be done. And then I have to either reach out to people or weed through people who come in. And I'm like, it's not that different than my old real estate sales days. Hmm. You know, I got to match a buyer to a seller, right? I've got to connect with people. You know, what are we in? We're in the people business. Whether you're selling a boat, a car, a, you know, a, a, a jar of weight loss powder, all of these things, you have to meet people in order to have somebody to sell to. If I don't have a listenership, I've got nobody to sell to. And when you look at these commonalities, and Devin, after 16 years of being on the radio, I still have to do the same things every day. I've got to check my calls. I got to make my cold calls to new, you know, prospective people for my show. I got to weed through my past clients to see who comes back on. You know, then I've got to go through, you know, the, my list of leads, you know, the old lead book. Like it's the same thing. It's just a different execution of the same principles and success leaves clues and whether you have cold calling in your business or reading and weeding through and following up on leads what do we say the money's in the follow-up right a lot of people are great at that initial you know blast but the money's in the follow-up so you keep following up and what do i do day after day in my office here i follow up and if i don't follow up I don't get paid like it's really that simple these principles that transmute through all these different industries and I think that's you know when I look at your book and I look at the topics in your book you know to go for small changes the value of optimism you know maintaining gratitude that's to me like mindset that's mental toughness yeah good I, I, I enjoy listening to your thoughts, but one of the things that I find myself doing <clears throat> is I think, okay, so what are Sandra's values? Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I hear uh, the value of follow-up, the value of persistence, the value of initiative, the value of discipline, the value of hard work. Think of all the different values that you live and, and the outcome. You know, I, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but but you had some stumbles along the way oh, from the previous things that I interest that, that I listened to, and, and you were tempted to <clears throat> you know look for a different line of work, but the, your 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 values wouldn't allow that okay. your, the determination that you had, and and you used some of the past failures to make you even more successful today. And, and I think that that's part of the invitation of the book is just mm -hmm. for people to, to do some self-reflection and say, what, what are my values? Right. And, and, how, and how, are, how do they impact the things that are important and meaningful to me? And, and so as I'm getting to know you better and as I've listened to you, uh, you're a great example of someone who took their values, assessed what was really important to you, and, and look where you are now as a result of your determination 
and, and your willingness to be persistent and to do, like you said, follow up and follow up and follow up. Results come from that. And I can only imagine the fruits that you're you're enjoying from from your labors, your efforts over the years, and your determination. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that. You know, I had a I had a great bit of advice from a guy you might know him, Don Shula, when I was in college, and I was putting um, I was putting silverware away. I was just I worked in a dish room at the college, and I was putting the silverware away, and um, I was a server and I served him for some coaching conference they were having there. And after the conference, he walked up to me and he said, kid, you know, he goes, you're going to be something someday. You're going to be successful. You're going to be fine. And I looked at him thinking, okay, what is this football coach? And I'm a Bills fan. So I really want to hear the Miami Dolphins, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> you know, he comes up and I said, well, what are you, why would you say that? He goes, everybody else is left. He goes, you're still making sure everything's right he's like i watched you you know correct the 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 work that other people did he goes you didn't go complain to a manager you didn't do anything he goes you just did what needed to be done you saw what needed to be done and you did it and he said you didn't you know walk around looking at me he you know gave me this whole thing and he said why did you do that and i said because i couldn't go home knowing it wasn't right and that's the thing, when I leave my office every day, I can't leave my office until everything is the way it should be. Now, you can see my office here, it's a mess. There are books coming in, there's FedEx boxes, you can see the big deliveries that came in here. Getting everything right doesn't mean having everything perfect. It's not the perfect desk, it's not the perfect office. It doesn't mean that I finished everything for the day. But what it means is getting it right means I did the important things that needed to be done today. And for me being the last server that night, there's gonna be people coming in in the morning. They're gonna to need to find those forks, knives, spoons, the serving ladles. They're gonna to need to find all that stuff for that to be effective. Now, were the tables perfectly clean? No, was the carpet perfectly cleaned? But I knew the one thing that that kitchen needed to do in the morning when those people came in was be ready so everybody could do their job that was more important than the you know stuff on the carpet like in a perfect world we would have cleaned carpets floors tables everything but the one thing that made that operation a success was organizing those tools and i've never walked away from that knowledge of going you know what you're right the one thing i needed to do to make tomorrow possible i did i love that story you know you think about coach shula that was what made him a great coach was he was able to recognize in people some of their special qualities and even in the young lady who's working in the in the, the lunchroom he was he was able to recognize that and point that out but but again that that the question that comes to my mind sandra is who taught you those kind of values uh, of a job well done and and to uh to organize and to prepare it so other people could benefit from that and how can we as adults reach back to younger people and help them embrace some of these values that will lead to greater happiness in the future greater success in the future just very interesting to me that coach shula in <laughs> brief interactions could recognize that in you and where are you today uh, 
I also asked, okay, how can we reach back and share some of these values of a job well done? It's, it's interesting that you tell that story because just this week, I was visiting with an employee and, and he, he, he was saying, I just can't leave until I feel like everything's been finished that I need to do. And uh, I thought, wow, I'm so glad that I have an employee with, with that attitude. But I actually had to say, hey, that's a great thing, but your family also needs you. So uh, some right, people it'll can lead leave to burnout. Day, but <laughs> Right, it'll lead to burnout. <clears throat> Because when you don't leave till everything is done, business is a never ending to do list. And so identifying what has to get done and what can wait that you can live with, because this is the thing about laying your head down at the pillow at night, knowing I did everything that I know how to do and everything that was in my power. So I can go to sleep and be at peace knowing whatever tomorrow brings, tomorrow brings. But it's about laying your head down at night, knowing you did what you what was in your power. Yeah, I, I really I really like that thought. Yeah, because it's really hard. You know, we a lot of entrepreneurs struggle and I've struggled with this. And, you know, I've I've had successful businesses. I've lost businesses. I had a successful marriage. I lost the successful marriage. You know, I have kids that I've raised for 16 years on my own. So I have a lot of nights to think about things. But I also realized that at the end of the day, if you did the best you could do, by your standards, you know, I can't run a marathon if I've got a broken leg. So that's not realistic. But if you gave it your all and you did your best, and this is something that I think sports, you know, you of all people should recognize this desire of going, did you play your best? And playing your best means you have to be in optimal health. So did you play your best in the NBA with a headache? You know, was it in the Phoenix Suns? Was it like blistering hot and you got a sunburn and your whole back is all burned and, it, you know, your three-point shot went awry because you're sunburned? I mean, I'm making up funny, silly things based on your career. I don't know what it's like to be an NBA player, but you're not a machine. I think of Scottie Pippen with his, um, what was it? He had a migraine. Remember, everybody gave him such a hard time about having a migraine. I've had a migraine. I've been in a hospital with a migraine, having to be hospitalized and get a shot to help bring that pain down. Nobody's going to sink a three point with a migraine. But Scotty and everyone else has to learn, did I do the best today with what I had, which means my health, my energy level, my wisdom, my decision making. And if I made a mistake, and I recognize it, what did I do about it? Like, how did you handle not being your optimal physical best being an NBA player? Well, good question. I think you, 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 you simply go to work. Uh, one of the things that uh, playing in the NBA and, and then being involved in <clears throat> real estate and other things, you, 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 you recognize that Sometimes you just have to, like you said, do the best you can. It might not always work out optimally, right. but I think the tendency oftentimes is to, uh, to, to, to focus on the negative things that are happening. I'm not feeling well, or I, I, I made a mistake in, in the game, or I, I made a poor investment. It, it's okay. 
uh, yeah, we're going to have our stumbles, but how are we going to respond? What what did we learn from that? Uh, if if you're playing in a game and you're not feeling well, <clears throat> oftentimes that focuses you more. You know, uh, Michael Jordan's great flu game was a good example yep. of, hey, I'm not a, I'm not at my best physically, but maybe now you need you need to stretch and be at your best mentally, right? Intellectually, and, and compensate in other ways for. Hey, I made that mistake. Now I'm going to have to compensate in another way, or I'm not feeling well, <laughs> etc. And uh, that's one of the joys of of being an athlete is you have an opportunity to, to self correct quickly. Maybe you lose a game, you still have a game the next night, so you can uh, address that. And as an entrepreneur, I think one of the exciting things about being an entrepreneur is is you have some control of your destiny. And when successes come, you, you can, it, it's largely due to, to something, action that you took. And when a failure comes, it's probably because, hey, I, I, I just missed on this one. I made a mistake, but I'm still going to bounce back. I'm going to respond and I'm going to take what I've learned. So hopefully I can be even more successful in, in my next endeavor. Absolutely. And let's not discount the power of the assist. You know, I learned this, I got two boys and, you know, they're athletes and I followed them, you know, to almost every game. I don't think I've missed more than, you know, one or two games in 12 years for my kids. And I remember my little guy coming back and saying, ah, I didn't have a very good game. And I, I, I stopped the car and I said, what do you mean you didn't have a very good game? He's like, well, I didn't score a goal. And I'm like, but you got four assists. Like your team won by three. You were part of that win. He didn't see himself as part of the win because he didn't score the goal. But they would have lost that game without his three assists. And he didn't see the value of assists. And I think sometimes in real estate, we don't see the value of assists. We don't see it in entrepreneurial uh, activities because we think of the goal. The goal is the check. The goal is the sale. But if I help you, Devin, like you're having a deal go sideways and I can come in and, and counsel you or help you to put that deal on track and the deal closes, did I lose because I didn't get the check? No. You then, next deal, say, hey, Stan, let's partner up. This one looks like it's going to be a two partner deal. We're going to need your experience in high end real estate. You're going to need my experience in dealing with whatever. Let's 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 tag team this deal. So the assist led to something in the future. And that's one thing that entrepreneurs, I don't think, realize how much giving assists to the people around them pays you back maybe not instantly but you know one two three four five six seven eight months maybe years down the road when you assist like that you never lose and you might win the super bowl without realizing it years later yeah i love that example let me just extend it a little bit and into the just the value of a team you know the the the, the everybody has a different role and I might be able to help you in, in a particular situation and you help me in a particular situation, but together we can become successful. I mean, if I heard you right, you, you just said that you've been attending your boys games for 12 years with rarely a miss. That's right. Uh, 
what a beautiful thing! You're, you're, you're in, a, in a way, you're, you're, you're part of a team with, with your boys, and, and think of how you've assisted them, and but how you've been rewarded as you've shown that love and that, that support over, over the years. I, I, I love that idea of <clears throat> just the, the synergy that comes as, as we strive to help e each other. I'll give you a quick, quick example of. I had an employee, just a great employee, and he, he, uh, one of the great things about him was he treated the company as if it was his own. Mm. And I loved working closely together with him. The, together, we had some, just some great opportunities. And he came to me one day, I said, I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell this house. And, and he said, well, don't sell the lot. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, you should create a flag lot out of this property. Mm. And I said, what's a flag lot? And he said, well, you just to carve a, a, a driveway here. And then this, this area back here uh, becomes a new building uh, pad for a new house. And I thought, can you do that? Mm -hmm. And he said, sure, sure. He said, uh, I said, well, why don't you just take this one and run with it? And soon enough, we had a flag lot approved and he added great value to our company because that was part of his strength. And, and I, I just love to see how he, using your word, assisted me in, in adding value to our company. Absolutely. You know, and then the person who receives the assist, especially in business, needs to turn around and recognize and reward the person who gave the assist. And, you know, that assist could come from, you know, uh, an administrator or a secretary or a front desk person, you know, one of the biggest things, and then, you know, we're going to wrap up for today. I started out obviously very lowly, you know, I started out in a dish room, I've worked the front desk, I've worked phones, and always befriend that person. Because man, a lead comes in and unless they ask for someone, you get to choose who gets that lead. And I remember giving a lead to someone who turned out to be no other than Mike Tyson. He <laughs> bought and sold quite a few properties through my company. And every time he did, that specific agent sent me a bonus check. Not just the first one, every single time. And I'll tell you, whenever anybody needs an a, a, a agent that handles sports players in a certain area and they come across my desk or we're having a conversation, I'm the first one to refer that agent. So you've got these little assists from me, lowly secretary, nobody you know, even knows my name. In fact, one manager came and I said I wouldn't make his copies till he could tell me my name. He handed me the file, said, make a copy of this. And I said, what's my name? I have a name. And I almost got fired over that. But the fact of the matter is the, the, the assists can come from some of the most extraordinary places, but also some of the ordinary places. And always remember to prime the pump, feed the people who feed you, and always be grateful for everything you have and share the wealth. So we're meeting today with Devin Durant and his book is called The Values Delta. You guys are gonna to wanna to get a copy of it. He did not pay anything for the promotion today. His book came across my desk from a trusted friend and we are so happy to promote him and the work he's doing. Stay positive, 
Keep creating. Go for the small changes. And as always, be grateful. On behalf of Devin Durant and myself, we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach Talk Radio.